Hey, Soul Sisters, it's Stacy Chestnut here talking to you from our first ever Soul Sisters podcast. And today I'm taking a trip down memory lane because I'm actually having a conversation with my good friend, Melissa. 29 years ago, we decided to do our first marathon. So just to set the stage, it's 1992 and we're both in college. And I don't know who had the idea first. Actually, I do know. I'll let you listen to the episode. But we're talking and we're talking about the thing we love. We both love marathons and it is Valentine's Day. So it seemed a good time to talk about what we love. Here we go. The theme for today's podcast is very loosely based on love, um, things that we love. And I do love Melissa, um, but that's not what today's topic is. It's going to be to talk about our first marathon. And I would love to just kind of hear your version of how that happened versus my version, because we're now, we're almost 30 years past and things have changed. And one of the things that you did tell me back then is we should have written a book and very um, generically, the title was going to be something like how not to train for a marathon. And we missed missed the boat. I'm I'm so disappointed. Um, I think that book has been written and and we don't have a market. So instead I want to tell, I want us to tell the story. So Um, I'll just set the stage that it was 1992 and I was 21. Were you 18 or 19? I was 18 still. 18. So she was a teenager. I was legal. Um, and you were an athlete. Uh, I know that you played volleyball. Did you do any other sports? Um, high school, I was a three sport athlete. Uh, college was volleyball and then I did cross country my senior year. Oh yeah, now hold on, folks. Just you don't get ahead, Miss. Okay, you, so you were a vo- you weren't a runner in my mind. You were a volleyball <laughs> player, and you mm-hmm. were a freshman. So yes. I'm a senior. I had done um, cross country and track, and I definitely all those years ago already identified as a runner. And you were a volleyball player. I keep saying that because you, in my mind, you were this young freshman athlete. I mean, I, I respected the heck out of the fact that you had coordination, but, but I didn't, I didn't know you as a runner and I don't this. So I, I'm still trying to set the stage, but what I don't remember, Melissa, how did we even get in touch about the fact that we both wanted, just wanted to do a marathon? This is before we even started training. You know that part? I, I think Cliff introduced us because I had talked to him about the idea of it when I'd heard he was a, a running coach so and I think he had said, I think he had heard something similar from you. And I, I'm, I'm thinking that's how we got introduced. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So Coach Cliff was my, um, you know, cross country and track coach. And I, I'm pretty confident. Uh, and I, I'm sure this was the case that I had said I wanted to do a marathon at some point, And I did not mean in the next minute. I, I don't know. I don't know when, when I meant, but I, I didn't mean immediately. Um, so we both knew that we wanted to do a marathon. And somehow we did talk enough to know we had in mind the Huntsville Marathon. Was that your idea? Was it Cliff's? Was it mine? Do you know? I remember, see, when I did volleyball, I was a setter and I always wanted to be, you know, the very best. I was so freaking competitive. 
And so I would finish practice and I would come home and, or go back to the dorm and change and then just put on my running shoes and just disappear for hours. I had no idea you were supposed to hydrate and do all this stuff. I would just leave without water and just go running for two or three hours because I wanted it to be at the end of the day, at the end of the tournament when everybody was exhausted, I was still bouncing around like a jackrabbit. Um, and so my idea to do that was just to become much fitter than anybody else that I would ever play against. And I fell in love with the running part and I like to do things that are challenging. And I was like, well, let's, this was before marathons were cool. Like no one did marathons back then. It wasn't a fad. It wasn't a to do thing. Like you had to hunt these races even out and there might be a hundred people in them on a big event at that time. Um, and so Cliff was throwing some out there and I did it at the end of volleyball season. I was like, Hey, I really think I want to do this. And then Cliff was like, well, here's some dates. And I was like, no, no, I want to do it now. I don't want to wait. And so Cliff threw out some dates of some few races that were close enough to us. And I was like, let's do the one that's really soon because it's right around the street from us. Okay. And, and to be fair, Huntsville from Swanee, Tennessee, what was that? Was that like an hour and a half drive? No, it was like 45 minutes. It wasn't far at all. We just popped down into Alabama, which is just below us and then hung a hard left and well, right as we were driving South um, and we went west, and then we went to Huntsville. <laughs> okay. I really hope people stick with this because I'm definitely hearing a lot of feedback <laughs> on this. Um, one thing I distinctly remember is laying in my bed. Um, I had, uh, we all lived in the dorms back at Swanee, and I had this, this great big window, and I was hungover, laying in the bed, just felt terrible, and I saw- Kegs were legal. Kegs were still legal. That's how long ago this was. Well, and I was 21 years old, folks, okay? So, you know, no impropriety on my end, except that I had a bad hangover. Uh, had no idea how much worse those would get as I aged. But um, <laughs> laying in the bed, and I just felt terrible. And I saw you, and I still, we weren't friends. We knew each other at this point. Um, but I saw you go out for a run, and I thought, uh, okay, cool. Um, and then I swear to God, it was hours later. I was still in the bed, still feeling sorry for myself. And I saw you come running back to the dorm and I was like, what in the hell? She has been running <laughs> for hours. And I think that really, that lit a, a competitive uh, fire under me because I thought, oh no, she wants to do a marathon. So I would, I'd go for two or three hours and not bat an eye. I would, I, I never occurred to me that you weren't supposed to do that. I know. Crazy. So, so jumping, going back in the story, we had talked about some dates because, because uh, our coach, my coach and soon to be your coach, had, he knew about that, that Huntsville marathon. And so we were going to do it. What I remember is we were, we weren't really positive, but we thought we'd do it and we were going to register and you registered before I did. And you told me you were registered. Now this was back in the day that it didn't really matter about registering. It was the 10th anniversary um, and, I, and pretty much anyone could have done it. But I was like, she has registered without me. I was so mad at you. Not mad, mad, but like, you know, game on. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, so that's, and, and remember this, this predated email. So we had to register by mail. Oh, yeah. Phone call. There wasn't there wasn't like easy peasy hop online beat you uh, to it stuff. <laughs> oh, and write and write a check. I know. So <laughs> now what I remember is for some crazy reason, we only had two weeks to train. Do you know what that was about? Why did why did we wait so long or what? Why do we only have I think two one, weeks? I think once we came to him and decided, yeah, we're going to do this. And then he gave us the dates. We do. We just picked that one because. I think the other ones weren't like till April or May and they were far away. And like that to me seemed financially and logistically impossible. Well, and that, and that certainly would have messed up my track season. Um, 
But that just, okay, so setting the stage, folks, remember this podcast is about love and I love marathons and I did not fall in love with the marathon during this, this marathon, but I did later. So we had two weeks to get ready. We luckily had a coach who could guide us. But when I think about it, especially because I coach youth now, I think he lost his mind. I mean, what in the heck? So he, so anyway, my memory, and then I'm going to get you to, to jump in is that we had the two weeks and I had run nine miles at that point. That was my longest run. Now, who knows how far you went because you were gone for hours, but we didn't have GPS watches. Do you have any sense of how, of what your longest run may have been before that? No. And I think that's why I enjoyed running because there wasn't anything to it. It was just me and the run and, you know, 10,000 acres of woodland nature trails. So and I don't run fast. I so don't get your hopes up that I was already doing marathon distances. You know, I was um, <laughs> never, never beat Stacy to my knowledge. <laughs> but you know, what's so funny. You thought you were slow then, but girl, wouldn't you give anything to be that fast now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Twain said youth is wasted on the young and it is so true. <laughs> do you think, do you think you at least had run more than nine miles? Oh, I would say for sure. Okay. It wasn't that slow. Like when I say slow, I think I was running like eight minute miles at distance and that was eight or nine minutes. And that was, God, I'd kill for that time right now for just a mile. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Okay. So you, so I'm going to say I, I came at it with more running racing experience. Um, but you had probably done long, you had, you had definitely done longer distance. So, uh, coach had us do, we did like a nine mile run, like maybe the first day. And then I remember we had a 12 mile run that we had to run across the cross country course, which in Swanee is actually the golf course. And we basically left campus and we ran into town. Um, and it was some kind of crazy windy day. I was naturally faster. So I just happened to be in front and I just, I have this vague memory of you behind me. I don't know if I was blocking the wind, but I definitely remember us talking and thinking, what are we doing? It was, we were going to do 12 miles, which seemed like going to the moon and back and the weather just didn't seem great. Do you remember that run? I think so. Cause it was, I mean, it was weird training in December. So it was awful weather in, in Tennessee. It was going to be cold and foggy and windy and all that good stuff. And again, I'm just going to say now that I live in Nova Scotia, that weather wasn't bad. We, we had no, idea. I mean, it wasn't, but it was, it but was when it you was, weren't acclimated to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely was at the time. I have our finish photo um, and I'm going to put that picture up and I, I oh, cannot awesome. believe how much clothing we had on. I had on sweats, sweatshirt, sweatpants, and plastic wind pants on top. Like there's, unless it had been a storm, <laughs> there's no reason for that much clothing. And I can remember someone telling me during the race, I was wearing too much clothes. And I just, I said, like, who, who asked you? Anyway, sorry, I jumped ahead. <laughs> I jumped ahead. So, um. Uh, Okay, so the next run that I remember us doing, and I remember it so clearly, and mostly because I think I damaged my toenails and beds, and I think that's why I've always had trouble with toenails, keeping them. But we had one week before the marathon, our long run. We had a 20-mile run scheduled. Folks, do you hear me? 20 miles the week before a marathon, and we had never done any kind of distance like that. And because we're idiots, we ran down a mountain for the first part. No, no. Coach had us run down a 1900-foot mountain, not we chose to. 
Okay, you're right. Let's blame the coach. You're you're totally right. But okay, so what so what was that? Nineteen hundred feet mountain. We ran down it at the start of the run. We weren't warmed up, so you know that's basically. Um, doing the Boston Marathon, everyone complains about your quads getting beat up. So we beat up our quads. I know I beat up my toes because I probably had on some super thick, you know, early 1990s socks. And I'm sure my shoes were too small because <laughs> we all wore so- about half a size to one size too small. Nobody knew any better. Um, and then we ran 20 miles. Now, I remember, I viscerally remember running down the mountain, but I don't remember anything else about that run. How did, how, I think we were supported was- by, our, by Coach Cliff, but how do he we met us in like two places and he'd like see you later and he'd just drive off and we were in rural back area Tennessee going towards Winchester. It was just nothing but open farmlands with no traffic. Like there was nothing to look at, nothing to think about. It was freezing and it was just like we're gonna go run twenty miles. Do 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 did we did we have fun? <laughs> did we have fun or did we think it was kinda awful? I don't remember. No. I think we had fun the whole time because we didn't know any better. We were like, we're going to do a marathon in a week. This is awesome. This is what coach wants us to do. So this is great. And I think it was, he told us that would be our confidence booster. If we could do the 20, we could do the marathon the next week. Well, he was right. I will say that he was absolutely right. Because um, while I do remember being nervous, uh, I don't, I don't think I would have started if I didn't think I I could finish it. So. um, And was it, was it that week or the week or the week of the marathon, he had us run two 13-milers two days in a row. Like, I remember Monday, Tuesday was both 13-mile distances back-to-back. Oh, see, now that's fun because I don't remember. We we both remember different things. I don't know. I don't – but that doesn't sound very smart to me because um, – what do I two half marathons back-to-back after a 20-miler and then go do a real one. <laughs> I think he was trying to get the, quote, mileage we needed to train for one in in two weeks. <laughs> Honestly, I think he was trying to break us. And when we didn't break, he was like, these girls are ready. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, how did I get two females in 92 that want to do this crap and they keep doing what I tell them to do? This is not making any sense. (laughs) So, okay, I then like I don't remember anything else. Now, fast forward. I know that we had one hotel room. Um, Our mutual friend, I was just about to say my friend Robin, but that's not fair. She was mutual friend came down. Um, Your friend Missy, who came? Who came? Who came? Because the girls came down, and I remember we had too many girls for the bed we beds we had, so we had to push them together. Um, we had a crew, didn't we? Yes, we had. We had tons. We had way too many people, and we got way too little. We didn't get any sleep. I don't think. So we were just so excited and having fun. It was like a party. Um, and we had yeah. someone came. Oh, Celeste came with us because she was our driver. Because we at least had the common sense to think we probably won't be able to drive home after this. Sorry, we, I lost you for a second. <laughs> who was that? Who came? I believe it was Celeste um, because we thought we, we at least had a common sense that we probably won't be able to drive ourselves home after this because I had a stick shift. So she was going to oh. be our driver. Oh, I remember post race. So, and I remember not driving, but that that's jumping ahead. Okay. So we had, <laughs> we had at least, at, at least three friends with us um, besides us, because our, I just know that it was more bodies than bed. So lucky, you know, we had our friends supporting us. Coach came down. Um, another friend of, of Coach Cliffs came down, Freddie, and he was on the course with us. I remember that. Um, so we had support on the course. Aside from me hearing that one guy tell me I was wearing too much clothing and me sassing him back, I remember nothing about the race until the last mile. Do you remember anything before towards the end? No, not really. Now that you say that, it was all just a, just ticking off the miles to get it done. 
Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't really re- recall the race itself. I remember it being extremely flat. I remember yeah. that. Well, and I actually a flashback. I do remember right at the start, I was so excited. I said, we're doing, and I've always had a potty mouth. I said, we're doing F bomb marathon, uh, F F-ing marathon. And this old man, and you know, he probably wasn't even that old, but at the time he seemed old. This old man was like, Oh, I didn't know I signed up for one of those marathons. And I was like, You're not, you're not funny. This is what I remember. I remember this, but not race. So, um, okay. I, I distinctly remember our coach and, and his and, helper. And there was nobody our age there. We had, a, we had a preface this. This was the 90s before marathons were popular. There weren't many females, and there certainly wasn't anybody our age range doing this. Oh, girl, we probably we probably won some awards, but didn't know enough to stick around. I bet we did. Right? <laughs> um, and you know what? And we were in dif- we were in different age groups because you would have been the 19 yeah. and under. Oh, we would have had trophies. Damn it! Oh my God, I probably won something in for the first time in history in a running race. <laughs> oh, you're so self-deprecating, but you know what? I know you did, and darn it. Well, actually, I'm going to take that back. We didn't even get medals. I still have the keychain, but we didn't get medals for doing a marathon, you know, in 1992. Maybe, maybe you had to win a race to get an award. Who knows? Um, yeah, they were so low entry. They couldn't afford, you know, the good stuff in order <laughs> to entice people because you couldn't trade people to train that hard for, well, supposedly train that hard for, you know. <laughs> money <laughs> <laughs> so um I remember with a mile to go seeing coach and it maybe wasn't a mile but it was it was close enough that the finish was was you know in sight and not literally but figuratively and I, I remember my race was a pretty good race and he said if, if you keep this pace um you can break four hours and I remember I was angry so their details are coming back um I probably <laughs> I was probably hungry and I was like, I don't care. I don't care. And, <laughs> and I didn't care. And I finished. And I, I, to this day, I don't know what my time was, but I know it rolled over four hours. Um, do you have now? Go ahead. Pause real quick after you just said that statement there. Okay. And tell them about your first race in college and what you did on your distance event. Cause that still to me stands out as the most amazing turnaround in athlete history to me. Oh, I tell it to the girls gone gazelle. It's, it's something I'm proud of and sad about too, that it happened. Um, as girls in the, you know, us, us in the scholastic, sorry, no sporting um, system, we weren't able to do distance in high school. So I, my first college track race, my distance increased. I had done the 400 and 800, but Cliff put me in the 3000 and the 5000. And I was fine with the 3000, but it was the 5000. And this was back when we didn't have a huge track team. So as, as long as you did races, you, I mean, did events, you could probably score points. And in track, it's all about points. So he needed me to do this 5,000, even though I had no interest in doing it. Um, but I think more than no interest, I was, uh, I'm so confident and so secure now. But at that time, I was quite insecure with my running. And, and I think that's just a function of being, you know, a teenage girl, uh, so I didn't want to do the race. He made me do the race. And I, I remember there was a bench at, up at the, what would be the start of the 800, um, no, sorry, the 200 meters left to go. So uh, he was sitting there yelling out splits because anyone that's done 5,000 meters on the track, that's 20 times. Isn't that right? Wait, a mile is four. Oh, math is mm-hmm. hard. It's 12 times, 12 times around the track. <laughs> um, so he would call out. It's a long time to run. It's circles. <laughs> 
circles and it's boring. And every time I went around him, I just thought I want to quit. You know, um, I want to pretend to be sick or maybe I could pretend to fall. And I just went through all these scenarios in my head and I never fell and I never got sick. Worse, um, I stepped right off the track and I sat down on the bench beside Coach Cliff and I said, um, I, I don't think this, I don't think this distance, this race is for me. And he said, no, it is not. I don't think this is for you. <laughs> and now fast forward back to your last mile in the marathon <laughs> just a couple of years later <laughs> that's true but we had we had already made up folks okay like we, we made up and in, in, in fact uh, I, my senior year that race I, I think I won that that distance so it, it all had a happy ending he let me come back on the track but team he's, but he knew he's I was probably thinking this chick that quit on her first distance oh. race and I that's probably why he put us through the ringer because he didn't think you were going to do this race. I think that's fair. You, you got us in you, trouble for that. <laughs> I had to pay a price for your sitting down. That's exactly what I'm thinking. You got punished. So when I said he was trying to break us, he was trying to break us. Well, we finished, <laughs> we finished that marathon. And I remember being in the back seat. Uh, somehow we had our feet up and we had to keep making multiple stops because you and I had to keep pooping. Um, there was a lot of tummy distress for both of us, as well, I, I recall. <laughs> Um, we probably ate Snickers because, you know, back then they didn't have gels. They did have some power bars, but that was a real exotic new thing that was um, not super well known. So do you have any do you have any memories of that that evening or the, just the drive back? I, I know we were happy. I, knew I remember we what you did that evening and I was very shocked and impressed that you could do that. But no, I went home and I, I remember that for the next four days because I was on the third floor of a dorm with no elevator and I had to go to the laundry room to go anywhere was it, to walk down the stairs was the most pain I've ever been in and I almost it, it was just excruciating to get over that and every marathon and you had I did that, I was always you always had, you know upstairs in a dorm somewhere so the next days after were always horrid <laughs> you had that pain that night because we all know about it the second day did you have it already that day after the race Oh yeah, everything was locked up because we didn't know to stretch. We didn't know we didn't do anything. We didn't hydrate. We didn't nutrition. We were just like, let's put in like a hundred miles two weeks before a race and go do the race. Um. <laughs> so what what strikes me is we didn't train properly. We we actually did fine. Do you think? I I've often pondered and thought because we got away with doing so well in our first marathon without properly training that it set me up to do way too many marathons without training in the future. I think it gave me confidence. I could always do a marathon. Do you feel that that happened to you as well? It, it taught, it taught me that marathons are 90% mental. Like I could walk out the door today. And if you told me there was a reason I needed to cover 26.2 or any distance, I would just start it and keep going till I finished. Um, I really think that it's a very, very big head game. Now to get yes. the times and the, and the level that you competed at was a whole different animal. You had to start bringing in other tools, but I do not believe that I ever trained for any marathon and I've done nine. And I think what you just said though, about the, the mental part, I couldn't agree more. It absolutely showed me as well that if, if you want to do something, you can do something. And, and when I coach, I always tell the girls um, what you think matters. So if you think you can do it, yep, you can do it. If you think you can't, you're right. You can't. Um, but I do think it's I'm just I, like Dory, just keep swimming, just keep putting one foot in front of the other and the mileage is going to come, whether it's fast or slow, it'll pass. And I just told myself at the start of all the marathons I've done, cause you had that little moment of doubt where you're like, why did I, 
who signed up for this thing? Why am I doing this to myself? And I'm thinking, well, if I sit at home and sleep today, these four or five hours or six hours, or be honest, are going to pass anyway. At least this way I've accomplished something that I'll have with me the rest of my life. And then I start the race and it gets better. So I went on and graduated because, you know, I'm older than you. You were a freshman. I was a senior. Um, I moved off to, to New York City and and I started doing, um, well, I was very lucky because I got to race every weekend in New York. Uh, just there was always a race. But I did start doing some marathons. Um, but I, I took two years off between my uh, first and, and second marathon. And then I became obsessed. At which point did we start our competition on numbers? Was it, was it because you started doing marathons just like you just kept doing them? You didn't take the break? Do you remember so I think I, I want to think I took a year off because I remember after we did that, we were like, oh, my, that that was that was not what we expected. The after effect was very, very instilled. in our Well, mind I was quite I was quite sad. We were I was just satisfied we'd done it. I mean, I think I thought yeah. we one and done. I, I thought we had just done this awesome thing. And I didn't I certainly didn't feel like I needed to do it again. Um, yeah. But then we we so it's funny. We came around and I started to do it again and I would talk some friends into it. And by my senior year it was like the thing for the females from the cross country team and anybody else that wanted to join us to do. Um, and it was amazing. We just have like a little entourage go down there and, and run for Swanee. That's cool. And so I, I, I think I'd done completed three by the time I graduated. And then I kept doing them afterwards. I did some out West when I was doing some internships out there um, and kept doing it. Then I think you started getting back into it and then decided it was a competition and never told me. Uh, so no, everybody, we all have different memories. Um, that's, that's only partially correct. And luckily uh, this bad connection, I think they missed a little bit of that. All I know (laughs) is, um, you, you were on, in my world, you were on fire. So I, I want to say I had done two, maybe three, and you were up to seven. And I just was like, what is she doing? I felt like, and this wasn't accurate, but I felt like you were doing a marathon every weekend. I, I don't remember why I felt like it became a competition between us. And apparently it didn't. That was only in my own mind. Um, so I started doing marathons. And I, the only difference is I just didn't tell you I was doing them. Because I think for many years, mm-hmm. every time we did one, we told the other because we were each other's marathon buddy. Um and I did catch, I, ca- I caught up to you. And as a terrible Christmas present, I, I gave you pictures of the, all the races that caught me up to you. So I didn't beat you. I just tied you. And we were seven to seven um, when that game happened. <laughs> no, you pulled out some pirate marathon t-shirt and said, I'm, I'm ahead of you now. No, it was a shameful Christmas present. <laughs> You know, she says shameful folks, but no, there wasn't a tie about this. This was an in your face. I've been sneaking around behind you. But (laughs) what I said then and what I continue to say, I didn't go one ahead. I just tied you. So come on now. I mean, a shameful. No, I'm pretty sure you were ahead. No, pretty sure. Because remember, no, there's a picture where you have a smart a asterisk asterisk fingers up and you're showing one more race than I had done. No. Well, in my mind, I caught you. I do remember the picture because I wore your shirt. She had y'all. She had the coolest. It was from Mississippi. It was your pirate Mississippi shirt that you let me have. And because I've got photos, it was a long sleeve in one marathon. Then it became a short sleeve in another marathon. Oh, yeah, it was the Tupelo. Is oh, the my gosh. Tupelo. That marathon was so hot. They started us in the dark at like 4 a.m. And then yep, they, yep. they 
horribly marked the course. So at like mile 20, like all the slow people, the water stations were pulled up. So you're just seeing wet spots in the road and you're like, oh, please, please leave me something to drink. Can I lick the floor? And then they rerouted us. Like we all did a wrong turn for half a mile. They had us in a pickup truck to come find us and turn us around. And I was like, oh my God, this is never going to end. <laughs> I think that's why you were willing to give me the shirt. But y'all, I just thought it was the coolest. It was the most bad. And I hate, I hate skull and crossbones. I've seen way too many bodies in the fire service. And that shirt just reminded me of it. And I didn't want that in my mm. wardrobe. <laughs> so maybe it wasn't the right picture to have on top. But anyway, folks, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying that we were tied. She thinks I pulled ahead. Um, but the, regardless, we did our first marathon together. It started a love of distance and of marathons. And um, and unfortunately, it taught us we could do anything we want to do. And I, I'm now up to 78 marathons. I'm hoping to stop at 80, um, which is an odd number. I don't want to go to 100. You because... are not going to stop. No. You're going to go into wheelchair races when you're 80. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. But I, I what I've learned, because I'm a, I'm a period perimenopausal 49, uh, one week away from 50 year old is that distance is actually not something that I necessarily should be doing, but you know what? I, I you're right. I'm probably just a big fat liar. Um, I do love marathons. I love them because it's the only race that I don't care if I'm fast. I've been very blessed to once upon a time I was fast. I don't care if I'm slow. I'm always, always proud of a marathon finish. So to me, it is the greatest race because in one day you can start and finish something. And if you're not proud of completing a marathon, as far as I'm concerned, you got problems and we need to have a talk. So it is the greatest distance, the greatest, um, test and I just love them. I love a marathon more than anything. Uh, what do you think about marathon? And remember we did the 20 and the 20th anniversary of our first marathon we did. And we brought our friend Aaron in with us to do her first marathon Yeah, and had an absolute ball. And, and, um, and I think it was so neat because once again, you brought more people to the marathon and, and like it or not, you brought me to the marathon. Um, I'm sure I would have found my way to it eventually, but I would not have found it in 92. Um, to me, M Melissa, you're really the Pied Piper of marathons. You, you love them, but you really share that because you get other people to do them, which is amazing. Erin was not a runner, never had been in her life. And gosh, the 20 year anniversary, we would have been close in our 40s. So, you know, to start distance running at that age was heroically remarkable. And so Erin actually trained for it and got me to train a little bit because I would do some runs with her. And the thing was, because marathons were now so popular two decades later, and people would even just go walk the whole thing, which I still don't understand. Um, they had a person with tons of balloons tied to them. That was the chaser, or we called it the bouncer. And if they caught you before the half marathon mark, they, you weren't allowed to go the whole marathon distance because they weren't going to sit there all day and wait for you. So we mm. spent the whole, the first 13 miles in absolute terror that we the the balloon person was going to catch us so we were always turning around and do you see him do you see him do you see him oh, like being pursued by your nightmare that is really stressful and then after mile 13 we were like oh thank you baby jesus we can actually you know enjoy the second half of this race together um and didn't what i remember about aaron i remember jumping on her back well first i said you know get ready i'm about to jump on you and i jumped on her back <laughs> and, and i had her walk and i remember saying like, because she'd had some incredible weight loss and, and she hadn't mm -hmm. lost, my, she hadn't lost my full weight, but she had lost something close to it. Um, and, uh, and I just remember saying like, now try running with me on your back. And then I hopped off and I'm like, that's what you've done. You've lost to me. Like, 
So <laughs> for, for her to lose a, a person and to run a marathon, uh, just, just because, you know, she could and, and wanted to is just, oh gosh. So, so cool. So cool. Yeah. Um, and, and I think she had the support and encouragement of um, no doubt a lot of people, but certainly you. So once again, you brought somebody to the marathon. Um, would you, uh, would you recommend a marathon to anybody now, Miss Pied Piper? Oh, absolutely. Just, just what it does for your mental, um, to become stronger mentally, because it's just a kind of a mini metaphor of life. I think it's a training, a training for life. Cause you go through like, you're excited mm -hmm. to start it. it. There's parts that are just, you think you can't put another foot and it seems like it's never going to end. And then you finish it and you're like, all I got to do is just keep myself moving and this will pass. I think it's a phenomenal accomplishment for anyone to try. Yeah, I do too. Um, but starting with the 5k and building up smartly, I would, I would never encourage people to just jump in, um, unless they're 18 and 21, in which case I, you know, I'll give you a two week plan because youthful people can get away with anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it, I think, that's I think, I think what we both know, and it's a bit like the quality of this podcast, you just don't wait <laughs> until it's perfect. You just do something and then you get better. And, you know, that's why I do want you to come back and talk to me in the future. We won't, we won't have any editing issues and we won't, the connection will be perfect and it'll be really smooth. But I want to tell our story now, but I really appreciate Melissa, you talking to me, taking a trip down memory lane for, um, you know, our first marathon back in 1992, the Huntsville Rocket City Marathon. Uh, do you still have your keychain? Oh, yeah. I still got everything from all the Rocket Cities and beyond. Thank Happy Valentine's Day. Just remember, all you need to do is have a great attitude and just cross that finish line. It doesn't matter how fast or slow. It's about your heart. Absolutely. I agree. Thanks, Melissa. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, friend. Okay. Bye-bye.